Welcome to About Men in Love. In this episode, we're talking about men, romantic relationship, and masculinity. How do we unlearn, you know, fear and accept love and pack into our hearts as human beings since we are brought up, you know, as human beings that uh, are loving creatures, you know? So that's the main question, you know. Okay, sure. Um, all right. So, Thompson, there are three questions here. And the first question you asked is initially based on this topic, which is how do you consciously learn to love and not to hate? And from that question, I actually streamed down when you asked a very similar question. How do you unlearn fear, but become consciously aware of love, right? So I streamed it down. So I'm just trying to get the gist of it all so that we can be on the same wavelength, you know. But what I can say is, Jens, um, guys, you, you, you can't learn, nor learn something that is at an energy level right uh fear is something you acquire over experience right to such an extent fear is determined by our experiences particularly our environment due to what we've been fed you understand what i'm saying and we need to understand that fear is actually a survival instinct as well you understand so for the fact that i'm mentioning instinct it's highly related to energy you understand so what I'm getting into is we have an external factor, which is an environment that highly influences the evolution of your energy or the expression of your energy, which is fear in this case. So it is an energy that is acquired from an environment. That's what I'm getting into. Whereas love on a similar uh, note, one would argue that also love is something that you acquire from the environment. Well, I'm saying one would argue, but I would like to say love is something that you already come with in this world. Because if you look at a baby, a baby knows nothing. A baby does not know the difference between right and wrong, meaning a baby cannot discern difference. And because a baby's intellect or level of intellect is still at an immature level, right? But a baby's sense of love is on a very high level because uh, you might have a mother who's beefing with the baby's aunt right? And because they are beefing, maybe the mother would act in, in a certain way. But to the baby, everything is the same. Mommy is mommy, daddy is daddy. I don't even think they even know whether this is mommy, whether this is daddy. But a baby will always give out that positive aura, that positive energy. And I wanted to avoid to get, to the, to get uh, into this, right? But I feel like this discussion will lead us into this. And that is, there's a scripture reading. Mark 10, um, from verse from verse 13, right? So I'd like to read it to you guys. It's from verse 13 to 16, right? It says that, Then they brought little children to him, that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to him, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. As shortly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will, know by, will by no means enter it. 
and he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. So, what I'm trying to say is, in, in today's society, whenever we associate heaven, right, and I like to put like inverted commas on the term heaven, we like to associate heaven with love, peace, and happiness, am I right? And when you look at or study a baby's behavior, right, it's what you see, love, peace, and happiness, right? Usually when you, when you study a baby's behavior, why? Because at that stage, a baby does not know right, no wrong. So what I'm saying to you, what I'm basically trying to say is, if, if we're going to be like little children, right, that's where love resonates the most. And I think that's where, with the level of evolved intellect we have, we can consciously connect with love. Only if we become like children. You must check couples that don't take relationships so seriously, like they're so into it, so focused on it. To such an extent, you ask yourself, how, to, how, how does it work, right? That's because as much as they are relationship goals, but the relationship is so playful. It's so, it's so much on the child, child state of mind. And you ask yourself, and they're making it work. You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is if you approach anything at a child state point of view, at a playful point of view, at a point of view whereby there's no right, no wrong, even though there is right and wrong, I think you would be consciously aware of love. And not to say that I want to create a diplomatic debate on, on the scripture that I've read, but I'm trying to use it as a point of reference, right? So that's on answering us being aware of love consciously. But unlearning to, uh, unlearning to fear, wow. Honestly, Tom, that's an impossible thing to do, right? That's totally an impossible thing to do. Reason being, fear is a survival instinct. We can't live without it. Without it. It's the only thing that propels the human race. Survival and reproduce are, uh, are dictated by the art of fear. Success is also dictated by the art of fear. If there's no fear, there's no success, meaning that you need to overcome a fear. So the fear is the, the guy that sets the bar. If you overcome him, you're likely to become successful in anything you do. So hence I'm saying it's a, a survival instinct. It's interesting that actually Temple quoted a script. So I'm going to pick up based on that. So, I mean, as we all know that, you know, love isn't seen, you know, with the physical eye, nor heard with the physical ear, you know. I mean, the physical senses can be perceived as energy, as Temple has mentioned. And the perception of it, I mean, it can be used in different terms, but it links to one common source. I mean, for example, the metaphysicians might call it the third eye, you know, or the woke. And the Christians, you know, as Seppo quoted in the Bible, it's the vision of the Holy Spirit, you know. And, I mean, others might call it the higher self or the higher order, you know. Whatever you want to call it, regardless, you know, it's called, it requires, it, it doesn't matter. Love requires all different kinds of seeing, you know. And that's through energy, as Seppo has mentioned, that as a child, you're only taught one thing, you know, which is to love. So it comes back to saying, you know, a different kind of knowing or thinking. I mean, in the love language, it's intuitive knowledge that comes from our hearts. And I mean, in, in, in all honesty, it's a world beyond, you know, that we are all secret, secretly longing for, you know. And coming back to what Seppo has saying, in this context, you know, fear in a relationship is expressed, you know, when we recognize it as anger, you know, is maybe abuse or 
as we know it now, you know, the disease or the pandemic or greed, you know, there are so many examples, you know, addiction, selfishness, you know, the big one, obsession, you know. So therefore, the opposite of that, as Nkhuri mentioned, Hori, love is an opposite of fear, you know. So therefore, love within us, it's something that cannot be destroyed. It's just hidden, you know. And when you look at the yin-yang, you know, that symbol, you know, it's either one can be dominant over another. So fine, Temple is right when he says, you know, we can't live without hate. So that yin-yang, there needs to be a constant balance, you know, but then love needs to be a dominant phase of it, you know. So therefore, I mean, how you express love can be through, I mean, kindness, you know, giving, compassion, which is the opposite, you know, of greed. I mean, peace, you know, joy, you know, intimacy, which is what actually makes the relationship to be stronger. So in that context, that's why I was saying, you know, how do we unlearn certain hate characteristics that I've mentioned in order to overcome, you know, this fear that we have. So in, in a sense, you know, it's about balance, you know. So when you unlearn, so you actually, you know, weighing one to be more over another, which is love. So, yeah. I get your point. And it is important for, I think, for just my reflection, it is important for us to understand that it is a survival instinct. Uh, fear is a survival instinct and uh, it's there to protect you. Every time you see or your mind interprets that you are about to to be in danger, that's where you see fear kicking in. So it is important for you to understand when it kicks in. Like, for instance, when you're being vulnerable with the other person, it feels fearful before you do it. As long as it's not affecting your functioning, meaning being connected to your other, then that is a normal kind of fear. It is only problematic when it takes over the relationship, then you are fearful or it takes your experience of your life and self. Love is something that was bestowed in you. It's like what? It's like your skin. Our childhood experiences teaches us either to withhold it, to communicate it in a funny way, to end calls abruptly to communicate that I actually wanted you to love me this way. So there's those dynamics that happens. So it's like a tabula rasa. It's a given. Now who writes on it determines the, the, the state of that tabula rasa, basically. But then with the experience that we have as men in relation to our bodies and the, the people around us, um, how do we not get into those traps of being fearful and and loving people's love uh, for men it's not promoted by the masculine socialization but before we get there uh, i'd like to highlight on on the concept of spirituality slash third eye slash metaphysics slash uh buddhism slash christianity whatever you call it tom just made a summary out of it i just want to highlight a bit a bit on that uh, it's a very very much interesting topic Actually, um, I think it should be our next topic of discussion. The reason why I want to highlight on, on, on the whole aspect of, of spirituality is um, I want us, basically, I want, I want us to, to look at it from this particular angle, right? We have what we call the physical, right? And then we have what we call the spiritual. 
Now, in my personal experience, this is quite debatable. This is quite controversial. You may argue against it. So in my experience, right, what you regard as the physical is the body and the mind. The reason why I'm including the mind in the physical is because usually the reception, the receptors of any senses of the body are translated by the mind. So hence, I'm putting it in one category. So meaning that you have five senses, which are all located in your body, meaning your body has these sense receptors that sense your surroundings or your external surroundings. And then your mind interprets them to either a thought or an emotion, right? So hence, I'm saying the mind is part of the physical. That's the reason why. Because the body and mind are interlinked. They work hand in hand. But just to expand on that, we have what we call the mind, right? Just to expand uh, from the mind. So in the mind, we have what we call the intellect, right? So the intellect is highly influenced by knowledge, right, which is theoretical knowledge. It's highly influenced by experience, which is a whole new knowledge on its own, right? And it is also um, influenced by a state of maturity. The state of maturity, the experiential knowledge, as well as the theoretical knowledge are all interlinked, meaning they coexist. So that's how it breaks down the physical, right? Now, when it comes to the spiritual, it's a whole new dimension that not even an average-minded individual, even a highly intellectual individual, even a philosophical individual can understand because these are things that relate to intuition, right? These are things that relate to instincts. Now, taking into, what, in taking into consideration the topic of discussion, right? I want us to understand this. We just made it quite clear, and I believe Tom agreed with me that Love is energy. In fact, I'm agreeing with Tom because Tom mentioned this in our previous session that love is energy. So we need to categorize whether love is in the mind, right, which is part of the physical, or is love in the spiritual, which is part of the intuitive instinct that we are born with. Number two, are we categorizing fear as a physical thing, also being part of the mind or the body? right, which can be interpreted using words, emotions, or whatever the case might be, or is it a spiritual thing? And number three, hate. Are we categorizing as physical or are we categorizing as spiritual? Because one thing I've noticed, one thing I've picked up in this, in this topic of discussion is we are using what is under the physical and what is under the spiritual, um, how's it, interchangeably. So it ends up confusing the whole topic of discussion or your point of view or the delivery of your message. And it's not what I'm saying, because we need to separate those two. So we need to understand from which point of view are we understanding these three? I don't know whether to call it energies, virtues, because to some people, they interpret it differently, which is love, hate and fear. And it's not what I'm saying. So that's that's a task I need you guys to actually think about. But just to come back to to your question, Mr. Mr. Reggie, and I'm sorry to delve into the mind and the physical and whatever. But just to come to, back to your question, honestly, I think the masculine society is so highly identified that they're so highly identified by instant gratification that anything, any sexual energy that they experience due to variations of hormones within the body would all ultimately be interpreted as a lustful feeling. You understand what I'm saying? So we identified by that. It's a societal type of thing. I want us to understand that sexual energy can be expressed, can be expressed as as um, as a survival thing, meaning 
uh, as a pleasurable thing. You understand? That's why I'm saying survival. Or it can be expressed as a spiritual thing, which is to re-arteriate connection. So we need to understand where sexual energy is. And that's the reason I'm picking off for the, from the term lust that you actually mentioned. Because lust and sexual energy are much more on the same. They cohabit, they cohabit uh, habit each other. You understand what I'm saying? So sexual energy, when it's in a lustful state, honestly, it's, 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 it's based on survival. Why? Because you want to have sexual intercourse due to a certain level of pleasure you want to feel or because you feel like the human race needs to propel itself, meaning you need to reproduce your own. And it's, a, it's an instinct. You cannot control it. But if sexual energy is on a love tip, it reiterates connection. Now, the problem is mus the masculine society, in most cases, we are so identified by societal norms that it's hard for us to differentiate where sexual energy or where sexual energy should lie. Should it lie on the lustful nature or the love nature? Usually, we confuse the two. Because we feel the sexual urge, what do we do? We call it love, whereas it's lust, right? Coming back to the whole concept of healing that we've spoken about. I haven't healed, right, from my previous relationship. I come with these remnants into a new relationship. What happens? What I'm seeing is just to satisfy myself sexually because, I mean, I'm not in love with this girl. I haven't yet healed. You understand what I'm saying? So she's kind of like a backup. You get it. So I'm going to confuse. I'm going to convince myself that I love her, but I'm actually lusting her due to the sexual energy or the, uh, my urge of expressing the sexual energy. I would like to start with, you know, the context of love in this state, you know, whether it's physical, the body, the mind, spiritual, or it's physical, you know. I would like to believe that love is intuitive, you know, which is spiritual in its sense. Because, I mean, it's, it's a language that can be defined by our hearts. To expand more on that, you know, because we have agreed that love is energy, you know, something that can't be seen with the physical, you know. And in a sense, you know, energy is something that you can feel. It's a situation or a person, you know. So therefore, I mean, in a sense, why am I saying love is intuitive and, you know, it's energy? Because, I mean, sex doesn't guarantee it nowadays. You know, so that's why I'm saying that, you know, love is intuitive because it's something that it belongs to our hearts, knowledge of our hearts. And therefore, the reason why I'm saying it has nothing to do with the physical world. It can be expressed. You know, it's something that can be expressed. I, I understand that, you know, it's something that can be expressed. It can be physical through touch, you know, through sex. But then we experience it in many ways. You know, showing, I mean, compassion, you know, expressing a simple gesture of peace or joy, you know, that in its sense is love. Because the example that I'm going to make, actually, is our households, you know, as Africans, you know, it's, we are different from how Europeans, you know, express love, you know. I mean, our, our, our families or our parents, you know, or our siblings or our relatives, or we as brothers, you know, there's some love that we are showing each other or that we are expressing, you know, on a daily basis, we don't have to tell you that, you know what, hey, this is how I feel and stuff like that. There are gestures, you know, that we show, either subconsciously or unconsciously, that express love, you know. So, therefore, I would believe that, you know what, love 
is an intuitive knowledge that belongs in our hearts. Hence, that's why in our previous discussion, I mentioned, I, 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 I stated that, I mean, if you, I don't mean to divert, I'm just making an example, then I, I, I'll get to the point. If you marry and your partner is going to tell you that, you know what, we're going to do things 50-50, meaning we're negotiating gender roles. To be specific, your wife tells you that, you know what, we have timetable, this day you cook or I cook, you know. If your wife tells you that, you know, if she can't cook for you or do it from, you know, her heart, it's, it's just something that can be expressed from her, you know, for, which means that, you know, she's half invested in you. That's an element of love that is expressed in a marriage, you know, cleaning, I mean, taking care of your significant other. That's an expression of love. That has been shown by our parents. You know, we don't see them kissing each and every day or, you know, showing affection. But there's an expression that they make each and every day to make their marriage strong, you know. So it's something that is intuitive. Even to us as males, you know, when you protect, when you give assurance, you know, when you give security, you know, to your significant other. It's some of the things that, you know, you can be expressive, you know, over to your significant other. So in a sense, you, to, 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 to pinpoint the fact home, I mean, love has nothing to do with the physical world because it's something that is far beyond our understanding. But hence, Just to comment on, on, on what Tom raised, right? Um, and not to deviate from, from the proposed questions you, you had, Regina. Um, I feel like it's a very, very good question that you raised but i just want to get back to tom's point now basically what i'm trying to pick up from tom's points with regards to the term suggestion expression i would say um he's using the word interchangeably with the word behavior right and um that like he said there are different forms of expressions right sometimes um i might say something but behave in another way like for instance let's say uh so a loved one passed on and I'd be like, I'm okay, I'm okay. But you can see that this person is not, is not all right. Reason being the aura, the energy, the energy that's been uh, released or yeah, released from that person. You can feel that this person is not fine. So the term expression or the term behavior, right? It, 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 it can be, it can be experienced either from a mental state point of view, meaning that uh, I know, I know Reggie, I think you, you've, you've studied a lot of psych, concepts and they talk about 16 personality disorder right which encompasses different forms of expression right um, and behaviors in in that regard and then we have what we call from an intuitive perspective whereby you might say something but we can sense that no 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 there's either something wrong or no 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 this person is in love even though he's denying it you understand so expression can be a spiritual both spiritual right and basically expression is is an interpretation of of the energy you feel from the spiritual sense. And it's an interpretation of the five senses through the mind and the body, meaning through the physical, you get it. You have some form of expression. So I would like to agree with Tom on that particular regard, right? And let's not deviate from, from your question, which is uh, the masculine society uh, with its lustful nature, probably confusing it with the whole concept of love of which I think I raised a point or a point on sexual energy and its expression thereof. 
the first thing that we'll have to take into consideration, you know, it's cultural differences, you know, um, how we view masculinity, you know, nature and nurture, you know, how our cultural society or maybe your social structures were formed, you know, uh, as you were brought about. So how we view a masculine man, you know, in a societal context, in an African context or European context are two different things, but I'm going to stick to the African context since we can all relate in that notion, you know. Um, for instance, you know, uh, how Zulu men, you know, I'm going to take it to that, to that, to that stage, uh, view masculinity is different to how, I mean, baby men, you know, were brought about or how we were taught things in the initiation school. So I would like to think there are certain characteristics, you know, that are similar, but then it, 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 it all boils down to, you know, the compatibility of the two, you know, parties who are involved, the understanding, you know, of how we were brought about and how we comply to certain uh, masculine traits and how they're accepted by the fellow counterpart, which is your male uh, or your female rather partner. So how we express, coming back to the question in its sense, how we express, you know, the masculine love, um, yeah, I would, I would like to say, you know, it's controversial. It's, con it's controversial because, I mean, in the masculine man, you'll find, I mean, my fellow baby man, when you you you, 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 you are a vulnerable, you express yourself, then you say, yeah, you must man up, you know, bamonina, you know, and stuff like that. But then there are some others that that are understanding that, you know, there is uh, knowledge, wisdom, rather. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for, you know, in understanding the partner that you are with, you know, and sometimes, you know, understanding how they're doing things and compromising certain characteristics or masculine characteristics, you know, to make this thing work, but in a positive way, rather. But then it comes back to compromise and the better way to do it, you know, which might work smoothly is cultural... In closing, so, I feel the yeah. problem is identifying ourselves by some sort of moral behavior. You know, identifying our virtue or characteristics by moral behavior, right? Identifying ourselves with any external factors we see, such as environment, such as people's opinions and, and whatever the case might be, which has distorted how to such an extent we view certain things. You understand what I'm saying? So the term identification is, is, is a problem in, in nowadays society, right? Because masculinity is a good thing on its own right but it can be toxic as well to such an extent it depends how you look at it how you look at it but to an average minded individual uh he might say that masculinity is good for him and the way he expresses it in the society whereas a majority of us may be looking at it from a different angle and be like no 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 dude you are expressing it in a very toxic way so that's because that particular individual sees good in his formal in the way he expresses masculinity of which we view it as, as as it being toxic in the general society. The way he looks at it, it's Jim, it's good. He's identified by it, you understand? So he's probably not realizing that he is expressing uh, masculine traits, right, to the general society, but he's using it destructively instead of constructively, you understand? So in that in that regard, he he's so overly identified by it. Like for instance, once you start being arrogant on a particular 
subject, let alone being ignorant, but being arrogant on a particular subject, right? Then I would say that it's a destructive way or it's a destructive expression of, of, of masculinity if you're a guy. You understand? Like, for instance, I think Tom, Tom posted a very powerful status message of which if I still, if I still have the screenshot, I would really, I would really like to, to say, to, to, to mobilize it and actually express it to you guys or say to you guys. Uh, yeah, I got it. It says, the one thing I have learned in my short life is lesser minds tend to ignore the argument and its merits, merits and focus on personal attacks. Instantly, uh, productivity drops drops because no solution can be found by people now fighting each other no wonder as africa our growth is so stunted and just on what tom wrote on the status message i'll definitely say it's because of identification we as africans are so highly identified by cultural morals that we're not even willing to take uh, a different point of view or a criticism or constructive criticism on a particular point and you know anything to do with cultural mor morals it's a way of expressing masculinity, especially when it comes to males. So that identification, uh, identification can be toxic or it can be constructive. It's, it's, just, it's just you having an open mind towards certain things. Then you won't be highly identified by something. You know, when, once you're open-minded, you won't be highly identified by anything. And I think masculinity in that particular regard would be regarded as positive within the society would be expressed positively within the society because right now we have a lot of guys that are experiencing romantic hardships but he's so arrogant that he doesn't want to see a different point of view right or let alone hear his friend or close friend express his previous uh relationship status to him so that he can take it as a lesson he would act arrogant in that particular situation and he's not moving forward but he's still stuck in the same situation so i think if we can like lessen this identification thing or identifying ourselves with things that we do not understand i think we might we might express this whole masculinity thing in a positive way thank you so much gentlemen welcome Richie. Yeah, I hope we, we chat again. Thank you so much.